Welcome back to another episode of SI Tells All. Uh, today, I have the one and only Nicole Cloutier. Is how you pronounce your last name? There we yes. go. Yes. I try to avoid saying names I don't I'm not confident in pronouncing, <laughs> but, but I have to know my team. So Nicole previously served as an SI leader for Bio20, um, has uh, been an SI mentor. Uh, Nicole, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, so as she said, my name's Nicole. I'm a third semester nursing student. I'm from Visalia, California. And yeah, I've really enjoyed um, my time at Fresno State so far and also my time with the SI program, um, both as an SI leader, as an SI student, and uh, now after finishing my first semester as an SI mentor. Yeah, and so um, as far as being an SI student, Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of what is it was it your own experience that kind of kind of brought you to SI um, the interest in being an SI leader? Um, yes, a little bit. What actually brought me kind of to SI is who my SI leader was, which at the time was Eden, um, mm-hmm. and I actually happened to meet her before uh, SI, and she told like we were talking about how I'm was a pre nursing student, she was too, but she was a little further ahead in her journey. And I yeah. mentioned that I was taking Bio 20 the next semester. And she's like, oh, I'm your SI leader. And I was like, cool. I don't really know what that means. Mm-hmm. She was like, my first, it was my freshman year of college. And I hadn't taken a course up until that point that offered SI. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, cool. And then she got up that next semester in class and gave the elevator speech. And I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. I already know her. And so I started going to her sessions. And then when I went to her sessions, I was like, hey, like, this looks pretty fun. Like I could do this. Like I kind of want to do this, Um, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know what the process was as far as like getting involved with SI. But then that semester happened to be the semester that Eden was getting um, the job as a mentor. And Mm -hmm. so she was like, Hey, would you be interested in this position? And I was like, actually, yeah, I I would. And so I interviewed and then um, ended up getting her position. And then she was my mentor. So that next semester. Good old Eden. I remember her um, speaking highly of you as well. And um, yeah, it kind of all worked out in terms of timing too, because had you wanted um, specifically about 20, and it happens a lot with those kind of courses is we have great applicants come through, but sometimes we have our returner stick yes. with those courses. And so that sometimes limits the amount of new individuals that we're able to bring on. So everything worked out for a reason. Yes, all the timing worked out really well. Yeah. Um, and so that brought you to SI. Um, mm-hmm. What has made you stick around? Oh, wow. Um, I think mostly the interactions with the students and like all the people that I've met um, because of this, like branching out there. Sometimes like someone will walk past me and I'm like, OK, why do I know you? Like, were, were you my student like two years ago? Or were you an SI leader at the same time mm-hmm. as me? Like, I have to like track back through all the people that like I've met through this right. um, because there's been like so many. Um, but it's really cool to kind of have those connections formed and later on meet students who come up to you and like they were your student like two or three semesters previous and you guys can catch up and things like that Um, and so I think that definitely has made me stick around and then transferring into the mentor position really getting to know the other SI leaders too because sometimes it would be really hard to connect with all of the SI leaders since there's a large bunch of us Um, and so getting to really get to know all of them that I maybe had technically been working with for one or two semesters already, but didn't really know, I think was, was really cool as well. Nice. 
Yeah, you're right. I'm, I mean, to the extent of what you are able to collaborate. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes that's only, you know, individuals that you overlap with in like office hours and mm-hmm. weekly group meetings. So, um, yeah, I think you bring up a good point as far as like now when you're paired with different subjects that you weren't maybe used to collaborating with, um, you're able to get to know more of our team. And it is a big team. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's an awesome team, but yeah, it takes some time to kind of get around to knowing everyone on top of learning all your students, uh, you know, names and everything like that. So, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Nicole, so I know you mentioned you are uh, a nursing student. Um, and so where do you foresee yourself once you're done with school? Um, I definitely see myself staying in the Central Valley and working mm-hmm. in a hospital. As of right now, I'm thinking I might like pediatrics or like the mm-hmm. labor and delivery um, side, but that's actually the rotations that we get to do in clinical this upcoming semester. Oh, so I think okay. I'll, I'll find out for sure if I actually like that or yeah. not. We'll but yeah, definitely sitting around here working as a nurse for a while. And then I want to eventually get my master's and be a nurse practitioner. And so I might take the chance of the two or so years of the master's program to kind of go somewhere else and experience like living somewhere else. But I think I ultimately see myself like, coming back like take a couple of years for fun right. and, then, and then come back to where yeah. family is and everything like that yeah that's awesome and I think it's really nice yeah that you're thinking oh yeah let me try something different you know something outside <laughs> of Fresno and Visalia yes yeah exactly my parents are always like you have to go try it and they did and um they happened to be in Arkansas for a couple of years which is actually where I was born because of that and then they came back here to family and then that's where yeah. I brought here with my family and so I definitely could see myself doing something similar similar to them yeah. where I have some fun like have a new experience and then come home to to family and to right. you know to home yeah nice all right so you finish your first semester as a mentor, uh, going on to your second. Um, as an SI leader, you are part of the online cohort. Uh, so that seems, you know, very uncommon now because everyone's on online SI. But uh, back then, there was only an exclusive group of SI yeah. leaders that um, were working with Zoom and conducting online sessions. So if you can backtrack to your experience that uh, those couple of semesters where you had online SI as an SI leader and how it was like for you to kind of transition into doing sessions online, um, because I think that experience is going to be really valuable. Yeah, yes, definitely. We, uh, we did Zoom before it was cool. Um, and, and never would I have thought like when I was learning about zoom, you know, a year and a half ago, uh, when I was transitioning onto zoom, I mm-hmm. thought it was a cool skill to have and like might come in handy somewhat at some point. I never really expected, you know, within a night, it seemed like the entire world to be primarily right. operating off of zoom or similar platforms. Um, so that was definitely a big uh, change, but I'm very Uh, lucky that I happened to be um, in that position that I was to kind of know a little bit what I'm talking about when it comes Mm -hmm. to Zoom now. Um, But yeah, I remember when I was, when you first approached me about transitioning on to Zoom as an SI leader, it was only after my first semester as a leader at all. So I kind of just felt like I kind of knew what I was doing as far as SI now. It was time to completely learn how to do it online and I was like, uh, I'm not super excited about that, but we'll go with it. Um, but I ended up, I ended up enjoying it a lot. It was definitely a big learning curve, a big change, um, very different 
like student populations for me between the students who came to online sessions and then the students who came in person sessions. Um, I had some that were regulars that just came, mm-hmm. but no, no matter what it was, if it was a session, they were there. Right. Um, yeah. But there were some students who would, you know, only come to one or the other. And so kind of adapting to that student population um, and then trying to convince students that like, it was something interesting because and something worth their time. Um, I think now, even when we transitioned all to online, mm-hmm. when everything had to be online, it was still kind of hard to convince people that like coming to online sessions was really worth it and really beneficial. Right. And that was when, you know, at that point, in-person sessions, in-person classes couldn't exist. Right. And so going back to a time when like you could be in person, I think some students were like, okay, why? Are we going to do that online if we can just have another in-person session, Um, which is understandable. But at the same time, um, I really enjoyed getting to see some of my students. Like I had I had one student logged into a Zoom session and her toddler was playing in the background and she would Mm -hmm. occasionally have to mute herself and then go um, take care of her kid. But like she was able to be in the session because of that because it was from her home, whereas most likely she wouldn't have been able to come to campus at that time um, to, if my session had been in person at that time. So I think that there were some really cool opportunities that are afforded to some students that I really enjoyed getting to see and, and be a part of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Accessibility is one of the huge <laughs> advantages of online SI. And then I said another one is we no longer have to, you know, when we come to scheduling sessions in office hours, sometimes it'd be tricky because we can clearly see that, you know, for example, Tuesday, two o'clock is probably the best time to have a session. Um, and then we can't find a classroom. So then we're yeah. forced to, res- you know, uh, resort to an alternative on when something's available. And so that maybe didn't particularly happen with courses that we had in the SI area, but now in online SI, we can really cater to <laughs> Uh, individual signs. So yeah, pros and cons. And um, I think you also bring up a good point as far as uh, people's perception of online SI and the effectiveness. And um, I feel like we ourselves as a program have kind of been bunched up with all the chaos with the online transition, which didn't help. Um, It didn't help. I think everyone, sometimes if like someone's experience was very chaotic and they felt like all their classes transitioning to online was a mess, then you know, you can easily say, well, I'm not going to do that online. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's just a mess right now. And um, whereas, you know, I find myself always saying, like, we've been doing online SI before the pandemic. Like you said, yes. before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that has given us huge advantages because not to say that you were all like a guinea pig kind of uh, <laughs> cohort, but in a sense, you kind of were. Yeah. Um, and and I have so much appreciation because if we were learning online SI for the first time right now, it would not have the quality that it does. And I think all the troubleshooting and Zoom features and how to really maximize, I don't think we would have had without the online cohort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think we, yeah, we were in a sense guinea pigs for something that we didn't actually know was coming. Right. Um, but yeah, we helped, we figured out a decent amount of things like, I remember when we couldn't figure out why Zoom wouldn't recognize a student and then finally mm-hmm. realized there's like three or four different reasons that could be. And so all this stuff yeah. that we've kind of like picked up on from, I think, my first semester where it was just like, I don't know why that happens, but it does. And now we have like ways to troubleshoot it, I think. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Had we been trying to figure all that out and, you know, and everything was brand new, I think it would look very different. Yeah. 
And so as you transitioned into the mentor role, you were also still working very closely with the online NASI cohort. Um, and so now it's, you know, everyone else has pretty much jumped on board and um, we're, well, whether they like to or not at this point, we're fully online. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm sure if people had their preference, most people would stick to in-person traditional uh, sessions rather than online. But um, you worked directly with that cohort. So you were still very much involved with online SI, even when you were no longer a leader. Um, and now you're fully functioning in mentoring online. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you foresee being some of the challenges this semester in your experience? Um, from my experience, I definitely see... Um, really getting to know like my SI leaders and making that connection um, via an (laughs) online platform because sometimes it's a little bit difficult for me in person um, to Mm -hmm. really kind of make those connections um, as deeply as I would like. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that does make me nervous transitioning to even meeting some people, not even, you know, knowing them a little bit from before. But now like some of, you know, my um, future SI leaders that I'm working with, are brand new to the program and trying to make that connection and um, build that rapport with them from a virtual format when I can't, you know, see them walking around and also a little bit of losing touch with maybe some of the SI leaders who I'm not working with on a weekly basis. Cause usually some of the ones I weren't working with, I would still, you know, walk to the learning center and see some mm-hmm. of them and talk to them. And so I think that probably is making me, a little nervous, but at the same time, I think um, it would be a good challenge for me to really mm-hmm. have to focus on that because I think sometimes it's easy for me to kind of forget that aspect. And in this case, um, I'm going to be forced to really have to focus on that. And I think it, I think it will be a good, a good challenge for me, um, but a challenge nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good way to look at it because. Um, it's almost like the out of sight, out of mind, right? So if you know that that's one of the areas that you're concerned about, you're able to kind of um, make sure that that is that like awareness is there. And I feel like that will motivate you to be even more intentional with how you communicate with your uh, the individuals that you're working with this semester. Um, even myself, I feel like even uh, for people who do know each other, like even our mentor meetings, um, there's still another level of intentionality that um, it's just not going to be the same as in person. Yeah. Um, And so uh, I noticed that, yeah, people have different tendencies online. Yes, definitely. I would have like last semester, I had a group meeting that like before we got started, they were all chatting and super talkative. Mm -hmm. And then we moved our group meetings to online and like, I would log in and be like, Hey, how everyone's doing. And it was like silent. Yeah. And I was like, this is not this group. Like, who are you people? But yeah, online, it, it's very different. So you have to employ some different tactics and uh, think about things differently. But it'll be a good challenge. Mm-hmm. Nicole, what was it that you liked the least um, from being an SI leader? Okay. Um, what did I like the least? Um, well, I guess you wouldn't like it. So what was your least favorite part about it? <laughs> my, le- okay, my least favorite part. Um, I guess I would go with the part that uh, that challenged me the most at first. And I think when transitioning to being um, an SI leader, part of that was the collab group that I was in, mm-hmm. the collaboration side. Um, because I was trying to figure out how to be an SI leader just like by myself. And then suddenly yeah. I had this other person I had to work with and there wasn't really like any ground rules as to like what that was supposed to look mm-hmm. like. And so I was very confused. Um, and it took me a couple uh, tries to realize what 
you know, I needed from my partner and then what I needed to be willing to give my partner or, you know, things I needed to be willing to let go. Um, And I think that even though collab groups are are not necessarily what they used to be uh, online, um, I do think that that aspect of it was was difficult for me then but I think applies um, very closely now to working with the team that we're on and things like that like I think it taught me a lot about learning how to work um, in a team aspect and now it's not just with a partner but it's with the whole mentor team Um, and so I think it was very good for me but there were definitely some times where I was like oh my gosh this is yeah this is a lot because it was that on top of being an SI leader as well but I also it was one of my favorite things at the same time. So it's kind of like, it, it yeah. was, there were some times where I, I loved it and sometimes where I loved it a little bit less, but I think altogether yeah. it was, it was one of the best experiences too. Oh yeah. And I think, um, you know, that was something that we knew and I feel like I had to be even more intentional with who was going to like, normally you'd be like, Oh, well, this is a great applicant you know, pair them with this course, but with collab, it's like, well, not only is this person a great applicant, um, how will they work with this other individual? Maybe it's a new leader, maybe it's a returner. So just different personalities in general. Um, It's not to say that you didn't collaborate well with your partner, um, but I think there's a lot of, it's just more freedom and autonomy to have your own sessions with your own (laughs) planning and, you know, not necessarily have to wait on anyone else or plan with someone else. And you really kind of get to own everything. Um, whereas in a collab, for the most part, I mean, your individual sessions, but now you're having to coordinate um, well, who's covering what. And then especially, I think those co-facilitated sessions were probably when it got really tricky. Um, yes. Because now you're, yeah, you're having to pretty much create a planning from all together. Scheduling in itself, you know, you're not only SI leaders, especially when you're a nursing student. Mm-hmm. Um, so things got tricky and sometimes, you know, when you really want to do an activity <laughs> one way and, you know, someone's maybe got a different idea, I'm, I'm sure there's definitely challenges, but I think you shine a light on, you know, that transferable skill that also came from it. So mm-hmm. that's a really good point. Um, what about as a SI mentor? Oh gosh. <laughs> You're like uh, the team. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I have to think about that for a second. What was my, okay. I guess my least favorite part of being an SI mentor is that I do sometimes feel a little removed from like from SI and I do Mm -hmm. miss working directly with students and getting kind of see that impact directly with the students um, and getting really engaged in like planning the sessions and like that creativity and things like that. However, there's a lot of opportunities, just different opportunities on the mentor team to do those same things. And then instead of engaging with students, Um, I'm now, you know, engaging with all the SI leaders. So I definitely miss that aspect of helping a student through the course. Um, Also, I I just miss my course. I love Bio 20, Mm -hmm. probably one of, still my favorite class I've ever taken um, at Fresno State. And so I miss those things, but I still get to do very similar things, but instead with SI leaders. Um, And so I still get to see, do have some of those aspects that I love. Um, yeah yeah at this point you're having to pretty much live vicariously through SI yes. their experiences but um, I actually yeah I think that's one of the hardest parts so um, given that you've had one semester of being a mentor I'm not I'm not too surprised um, I I know that especially your first couple semesters a lot of our mentors 
miss being an SI leader. And so I think it's funny because sometimes SI leaders may feel like um, they're pestering a mentor or like they don't want to bug because they have too much questions or things like that. Like, um, and so it's funny because sometimes they won't try to schedule a lot of meetings to avoid that, but yet the mentors actually really love helping with like planning a session and things like that. And so it's, it's interesting to watch that from my standpoint because mentors really enjoy that because they no longer necessarily do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then vice versa, you know, there's this perception that like, oh, if I email Nicole or schedule like, you know, multiple meetings with her, then um, I'm, I just feel like I'm bugging her when in reality, like that's exactly why you guys are there. Yes, um, exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's okay to miss it. And I think I remember even when I first came into SI, um, I was so used to one-on-one meetings with students that I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make an impact on, you know, on a team like SI. Um, and I think understanding the role that you play in the bigger picture as well. Um, because like you said, though you're maybe not directly working with students, you're still impacting what's happening in those sessions. And um, that in itself is how you're involved. But of course, you still miss the direct involvement. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Nicole, um, what would be some advice that you have for SI leaders that are working with you this semester? Um, let's see. I would definitely say reach out and communicate. I'm really big on that. I really just want to hear from you, especially since, you know, I, like I said, I can't walk through the learning center and just kind of like see yeah. you and say hi. So definitely, yeah, schedule those meetings, send those emails. Like, don't feel like you're bugging me because otherwise there's a good chance I'm not going to know what's going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, however many of the SI leaders that I have, um, I'll do my best to check in with all of them. But um, if you ever have a direct issue that you need help with, please reach out to me and let me know so that I, I catch it in case I don't, you know, see that mm-hmm. at the time. Um, yeah, I really, really want a lot of that open communication. I'll do my best to foster that. Um, but as far as you guys go, uh, yeah, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. I'd rather have an email a day and know what's going on than like no emails ever and not have any idea how you're doing. So, yeah. So reach out is essentially. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. What about in particular for individuals who are new to online S well, new to SI in general, um, new hires, they're, they're like you talked about your experience mm-hmm. uh, coming in as a brand new SI leader. You know, you finally felt like at the end of that first semester, you knew what you were doing. And, and so I think that is very common for a lot of SI leaders. I personally think that your first semester is usually the roughest mm-hmm. uh, because you're trying to learn what it is you're supposed to do as an SI leader. Yeah. Um, so what would be some advice for new SI leaders who not only will be very new to the role, but also have to learn SI and how to do it online? Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a huge thing. Um, trying to learn them both together. Um, but I would probably say um, the main thing is if, if you are coming in as an SI leader and you maybe attended SI sessions previously as a student, maybe in person, don't try to compare, you know, what you're doing to that um, because things are so different now with the, with it being online. And so you might have seen the SI sessions that one way, but if they don't look exactly like that, it's like they're not going to look exactly like that because it's online now and, and things are different. So just take it at your own pace, you know, learn um, and adapt however you feel most comfortable. Um, and yeah, don't try to compare yourself to maybe SI sessions you attended in the past because everything's different. And so this is, 
brand new to a lot of us having all of us having a full semester on online. Um, and so, yeah, don't feel like you're the only one who doesn't know what's going on because we're all still adapting um, to all of this as well. And so reach out again, ask for help, ask questions and just don't don't feel like you have to compare to something before. Like this is new and we're all going to get through it together. Absolutely. Some great advice. Um, and yeah, it's almost like you're essentially experiencing what two two very experiences that you had yourself but at different times mm-hmm. um, so they definitely get it wrapped all together but I think we've learned a lot through this abrupt transition that happened in March and so um, I think we're a lot more understanding and know what to look for as well but I, it is going to come down to the connection that we have with those brand new leaders um, I think yeah. with our returners it's easy to say or I, at least I I like to think that they know they can reach out to their mentors and pro staff, but establishing that connection with uh, new SI leaders where they feel like they can easily email you, schedule a meeting, mentors with pro staff, um, I think is going to be what a lot of this rides on as well. Yes, definitely. So a little bit less of SI, a little bit more about you, Nicole. Um, who are you outside of being a student, outside of being an SI mentor? Um, what are some of your interests, hobbies that you have? Okay. Um, one hobby of mine is I really love like superhero stuff. Um, I think I go back and forth between being a Marvel and a DC fan. Marvel obviously makes better movies, but I like, I love Wonder Woman. She's my favorite. So that leads me over to the DC side. Um, I do have a tradition that I picked up from some of my friends in my nursing prerequisites of wearing superhero shirts on the days of exams. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you ever happen to see me on Zoom with like a superhero logo on my shirt, did chance I have an exam that day. It's kind of my way of feeling the power a little bit uh, during (laughs) during those exams. Um, And yeah, I love I love superhero movies and things like that. at the very beginning of quarantine, my sister and I decided we were going to watch all like 24 Marvel movies. And so it took us like 25 days and we watched one a night and people are like, oh my gosh, you watched all of them. And I was like, yes, but that only took up the first 25 days of quarantine. Yeah. That was all. But, um, but no, that was really fun. Um, getting to do that. So yeah, I'm definitely a fan of those. If you want to ever talk superhero movies, uh, and you did you watch them in order, in the order that they're kind of... We watched them in, in release order, yeah. Oh, okay. So there is a way, like, to watch them in, like, chronological order, kind mm-hmm. of, but we just watched them in order of release so that the end credits, like, hint scenes would, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah, so um, we did that. Let's see, another thing that I really enjoy is swing dancing, actually, mm-hmm. um, which is an, an, sometimes an interesting hobby. Um and I really enjoy that. Um, I got into it my freshman year here with a um, community in Fresno called Fresno Swing Dance uh, Organization. And yeah, that's been super fun uh, learning to swing dance. It's very um, 1940s, 50s style dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that era anyway. And so it's given me a chance to dress up in time period costumes and go to various events. Yeah, and I was actually... Uh, in a commercial on TV. Um, really? Yeah, like a year or so ago, the Fresno Historical Society had their like 100th anniversary and they asked a couple of us from Swing Dance to come in like time period costumes and like dance in the commercial for their 
hundredth anniversary okay. celebration. Nicole, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I know you have this video. You have to have a link. Yes, I, I do have a link to the to this video on Facebook. Yeah. I got to see it. Yeah, it's, it's really cute. They did a really good job with it. And a couple of my friends and I are all in it. Um, and then we actually ended up performing at the actual event as well. So lots of fun little opportunities I got to have um, being involved in that. Unfortunately, once the nursing program started getting hard, um, mm-hmm. I... Didn't have as much time to go to that. And then obviously, uh, in recent times, uh, swing dancing is um, definitely a banned activity in quarantine uh, yeah. time. So I haven't had a lot of chance to do it recently, um, but that definitely is something I love to do. And it's good stress relief when I get the chance. Yeah. And it's something that we wouldn't have known. Yes. Yeah. It is a very unique, interesting um, thing that I like happen to have gotten involved in. I just mm-hmm. happened to kind of meet the right people who were like, oh, come with me. And I used to be in theater and, and choir and things like that growing up. So I was like, oh, that sounds like something I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love it. Nice. I, yeah. I got to see this commercial. <laughs> I'm sure people want to see this commercial. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> anything else, any other hobbies, anything else that you want to share about yourself? I do also enjoy Netflix. That is a big, uh, fun thing for me when I get the chance to watch TV. Usually, um, over the summers is when I kind of make up for my TV watching and just try to chill and like recuperate mm-hmm. from the semesters. Um, so I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. Um, I started I watching, it. I caught up on all like 16 seasons in like two years, um, of like watching it while I was in school mm-hmm. um, because someone told me that I reminded them of Meredith Grey and I was like okay I gotta see who this person is and now I'm like yeah. I am so flattered oh my goodness <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah so I watched that and so I'm very into that show and I love anything Disney so any Disney movies Disney plus was the greatest thing mm-hmm. ever when that came out because I've just I just scroll through and find something to watch um, on there. But if you have any suggestions for Netflix shows or things on Disney Plus to watch, let me know because I still have quite a few weeks um, of summer to catch up on that. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, I have a bias because Grey's Anatomy is also my favorite show. But yes, I know we have a little fan club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, all right, Nicole. So. So to switch gears a bit, I know it's, we already kind of covered SI, but I am going to transition a little bit back um, because I one of the things that I find as one of your biggest strengths um, is being very intentional and purposeful with everything that you do. Um, and in my own experience, having observed you kind of come in as a brand new SI leader, that wasn't always something, not that you didn't have it, but I'm <laughs> saying it wasn't maybe the thing that you were really known for. And so... I think now I feel very uh, confident, like, okay, like not only um, when you were SI leader, we should really strong in emphasizing this. I can see that her SI students um, are also able to really see this. And I see some SI leadership students also now do that a lot in your session, which has really strengthened, um, I think, the quality. And I remember seeing your in-person online sessions, and I uh, just know that that in itself continues to grow strong, even now as you mentor individuals, you know, when you initially started and how that kind of developed and um, has become kind of how you lead. Okay. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that, yeah, I definitely agree that was not the priority at first. Um, Cause I think like I said, the first semester, the priority was just figuring out what I was doing and mm-hmm. making sure 
my responsibilities in on time and that I was like right. planning activities and kind of just adjusting to being an SI leader in general. And so it was a lot mm-hmm. more like a task oriented like position, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so then transitioning into the second semester, I had that down and then it grew into a little bit more of, you know, classroom management and how to get students really interacted with what I was doing. And that became more of the focus. Um, and then I started to feel like I kind of had a decent grasp, at least, you know, mm-hmm. obviously those curveballs that get thrown at you, right. but I didn't grasp on those two things. Um, and so I think for my third semester as an SI leader, I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, having that growth mindset, like, where do we go from here? I kind of feel like I got it as far as some of these things go. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of became, okay, let's look back over what I've done. And let's say, okay, I really enjoyed this game um, that I used you know, this met last semester, but like, why didn't it work exactly the way that I wanted it to, or how could it work better? And so I'm a huge proponent of if you're, you know, a second semester leader, you've done this before, like, there's nothing wrong with using past stuff, as long as you don't use it the same exact way like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from your playing form, because there's no way that you haven't learned something that's going to maybe improve that a little bit. So it became, you know, okay, this activity went well, but how could I add study skills to it or how can I really make the students understand the importance of why we're doing this activity and so then that became uh, really the huge focus for me was not only telling students what we were going to do but why we were going to do it and Mm -hmm. I started to get them even more engaged as well because once students know like there's a purpose behind what we're doing like we're not just playing tic-tac-toe because but I'm like we're playing for this reason um, I think that that also helped them get more engaged and more into these activities as well and um, and to taking them and using them at home also. And so I think it kind of helped that intentionality worked its way into helping fix a lot of other issues um, that mm-hmm. I might just by just by sometimes just identifying the reason why and telling that to the students and being open with like, this is what I want you to get out of this. Yeah. And, and so I think I would imagine that getting to that point as an essay leader is also a huge relief because I, f- I feel like sometimes I see essay leaders where they're so focused on the, act- they almost get caught up in it just the way that students do on focus on this tic-tac-toe activity. Yes. Um, and, you know, thinking that all the time in the world has to go into it. And sometimes they would fall short on closings or things mm-hmm. you know that were very important as well, because, um, you know, in their mind, they needed to cover all the content Yes. And so uh, the reason I ask you about it is because I feel like that is something that to this day, I feel is such a common struggle for SI leaders that they don't really realize. Mm-hmm. And so now we uh, have significantly transitioned into quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would imagine that that's such a huge relief to be like, oh, I don't have to cover all this content that I prepared. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is the purpose behind what I want them to do. As long as they can do that, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I know I definitely uh, encountered some SI leaders who think that, you know, just because they wrote like 16 potential problems, they have to get through all of them or something like, no, no, like they're all practice problems. Like if you get through five of those problems, like that's okay. But did your students get to, you know, the goal or the objective Mm -hmm. uh, for that part of the session? Like if they learned it in five problems or it took them five problems to get it and they didn't get through 16, like that's okay. Like Mm -hmm. you have those 16 as backup in case they really know the material, but you know, you can, you can adapt and pace um, to that as long as the 
as long as the why and like the objective is still getting achieved. Yeah. Yeah. Lesson learned. Start with your why. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a big one. Hopefully the new um, objectives section that we added to the planning form will help guide that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so that also proves the point that we don't just throw things on there just because. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Nicole, for sharing uh, a little bit about yourself, about your experience as an SI leader, SI mentor. Um, like I said, uh, she's got a lot of strengths, um, but I would say if I, if I would highlight one of them, it would definitely be um, how you're not only able to identify the bigger picture, but really convey that to the other individuals. And I think especially with SI leaders, that um, makes their job easier where they're, not, they're working smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all the overall goal that I have for, for them. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Nicole. And uh, yeah, just letting us get to know a little bit more about you and that you like swing dancing. Yes, yes. I'll, uh, I'll try to find that link and send the video to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much. There you have it. That's Nicole. Um, for the record, I did get the link to the commercial. Um, you definitely got to check it out, but you're going to have to ask her to see it. So um, yeah. This is how you learn these fun facts about this team.